Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Congregations in Massachusetts and New York, and most recently at First Unitarian in Rochester, New York. She's a visual artist who draws with Sharpies on paper, most often capturing the humor and quirk of the animal kingdom. You can see her work at uh, solvestudio.com. It's S-O-L-V-E-I-G-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. I'll pronounce Sulve and a link uh, will be pasted in the chat. In August, uh, she starts as, as a new two-year interim minister in Vero Beach, Florida. If you'd like to follow along with our, with our order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. If you're visiting today, we're glad you're here. And we do invite you to, to say hi by typing a quick note onto the Zoom chat. Furthermore, if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. After the service, we invite you to stay on Zoom in the main room to discuss today's service. Again, welcome uh, here at WUU. We are committed. Uh, to, be, to being an anti-racist, anti-oppressive congregation. We work to ensure that all people are treated with dignity, fairness, and equity. Uh, in, in our worship, we celebrate the contributions of people of diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds, genders, and sexual orientations. We're happy that you've joined us today via live stream audio or video or Zoom. Uh, also, those of you in the sanctuary itself, whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here, you are seen here, even if we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to, to join in saying our welcoming words Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. Let's say them in unison if we can. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you all so that you can hear each other. Come. Whoever you are. Whatever Start the service by telling you this little story. When I was five years old, I uh, I ran away from home. My mother kind of 
did something that I don't remember what, but I got mad at and I decided it was best to run away from home. So I went into the kitchen, I grabbed some canned goods, took some extra socks and I found a kitchen towel and I put it all in the kitchen towel and then I, I ran away. So I ran away about, uh, <laughs> about uh, five houses away. And I got to uh, Mrs. Melko's house who used to take care of us every now and then. And I remember sitting at a uh, big elm tree at the end of her driveway and kind of unpacking my goods and being a little disappointed that I had brought in canned goods with no can opener. So it was kind of useless. Um, and I sat there for a while and uh, soon enough, Mrs. Malco comes out of the house and uh, she says, hey, Karen, what are you doing? And I said to her, well, I ran away from home. And she goes, oh, okay. Meanwhile, I can hear my mother yelling my name, Karen, really loud from home and I'm trying to ignore her. And Mrs. Malco goes, okay, well, it, uh, that's good to know. And then she walks in the house and soon enough, the yelling from my mother stopped. So she must have, of course, called my mother. And I'm sitting there and I'm figuring out that I'm not really that mad at my mother anymore. So I walk back home and as I get near the house, my mother comes out and gives me a big hug and we sit down on the curb and she says to me, <clears throat> Karen, don't you know that you can't run away from home? That home is wherever you are, wherever we are together. I didn't know that at five, but I know that now. And I think that's one of the reasons that we actually come to church because church really isn't a building, a minister, pews, hymns that we sing. Church is all of us when we gather together. Church is home. We are the church when we're together. So welcome home. It's good to be amongst you this morning. Now please join me in saying the words uh, to, light the to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or a candle, of your own handy and nearby, please go ahead and light it now as we spotlight someone in the church lighting a chalice. Again, we'll unmute you and say the words in unison. We light this chalice. Light this chalice. For the warmth of love. For the warmth of love. For the light of truth. 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 For the really, really angry. And the author is Molly Bang. When Sophie gets angry, really, really angry by Molly Bang. Sophie was busy playing when my turn, her sister grabbed Gorilla. No, said Sophie, yes said her mother. It is her turn now, Sophie. As her sister snatched Gorilla away, Sophie fell over a truck. And oh, is Sophie ever angry now? She kicks, 
She screams. She wants to smash the world to smithereens. She roars a red, red roar. Sophie, Sophie is a volcano ready to explode. And when Sophie gets angry, really, really angry, pa-bam, she runs. She runs and she runs and she runs until she can't run anymore. Then, for a little while, she cries. Now, now she sees the rocks, the trees, the ferns. She hears a bird. She comes to the old beech tree. She climbs. She feels the breeze blow her hair. She watches the water and the waves. The wide world comforts her. Sophie feels better now. She climbs back down and she heads for home. Hi, mom. The house is warm and smells good. Everyone is glad she's home. Everything's back together again. And Sophie isn't angry anymore. The end. Thank you so much, AV team, Dave Robbins, everyone. I invite you now to join in a spirit of meditation, reflection, and prayer. <clears throat> uh, now let us open our minds and hearts to the joys and sorrows moving in our, in our lives and in the life of the world. I invite then uh, you to call on the holy and whatever words and images are most dear to you as we enter a shared silence which I am not able to introduce with a bell, but imagine the bell going off. Now, if you would reimagine the bell that I'm ringing as we close our moment of silence, amen and blessed be. And let us seal this time of meditation and prayer with a song.
Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in, and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you're joining us for the first time, please, please feel free to give if you wish, but also know that your presence here with us today is a gift enough. <clears throat> when today we see when today seems a punishment and tomorrow a torment, may we find the peace and courage of patience. I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong page. Um, today's offering will go to the United Way Emergency Fund, which provides emergency assistance for our neighbors who are in danger of having utilities turned off or facing possible evictions when they have temporary financial difficulties. United Way uh, Emergency Fund depends on faith group partners and donors for funding this important assistance. Uh, thank you for your generosity. We don't have a speaker from the uh, Emergency Fund here today, but thank you for your generosity. Uh, I say that on behalf of them. If you'd like to give through our website, uh, please give visit wuu.org and click on Give online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to this number. Uh, I'll say it twice, 757-500-0000. Uh, if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU. Thank you so much.
Thank you, David. Uh, the reading for today come, is called The Courage of Patience, written by uh, Richard S. Gilbert. Uh, I don't have a date, but uh, Richard Gilbert. Uh, he writes, so when we are overwhelmed with the world and cannot see our way clear, when life seems a struggle between tedium and apathy or frenzy and exhaustion, when today seems a punishment and tomorrow seems a torment, a torment, may we find the courage of patience. May we recognize courage in ourselves and our companions that is not dramatic, that elicits no fanfare, that commands little notice by the world, that is really forgotten and taken for granted. May we learn how to cope like those who live one day of pain at a time, who see the long path of suffering and do not despair, who inspire us by their patient courage. When we are impatient and afraid, may we know such courage and quietly celebrate its presence among us. Amen. I went to high school in Madison, Wisconsin, and I graduated with a class of about 650 people. A week before graduation, uh, we had a senior assembly and they gave out um, kind of awards for people for various things. So like Bob Baker won most likely to succeed because he got 100% on his PSATs, which is crazy. Uh, my friend, Tony Shockley got most likely to be on television and I got nominated for two things, most likely to be on Broadway and most likely to be a bag lady. I kid you not, both of them. Now, I must say I was a little thrown off by my fellow student choices for years. And for years I've thought about what they were trying to say about my character, also about fundamentally who I am inside. Did they think I was lacking some core essence of character like perseverance or vigilance, fortitude or zest to make it to the top and thus would end up on the corner of 42nd Street with a cardboard sign and a you know, grocery cart with empty bottles? I mean, come on, it has bugged me for a long time and it has gotten under my skin. <laughs> I also wanna mention at the time, uh, we went to the Unitarian Meeting House in Madison, and it was home for me. I knew that these Unitarian Universalist value was an emphasis on how you lived your life, not on belief. In other words, there was a heavy emphasis on deeds, not creeds. Or another way to put it is not salvation through belief, but salvation by character. And this concept of salvation in the here and now the idea that you saved yourself and others when you lived a good life of character, one filled with gratitude and kindness, empathy, compassion, and reason. There is also a pretty fair assumption or implication that this work is for you to do by yourself, within yourself, in your little quiet solitude of self, where you call yourself on the carpet and give yourself a good talking to, and then you go back out into the world wiser, more nimble, more adept at the task of living into your better self. So when I'm looking at the bag lady option of living into character, I'm thinking, 
geez, Karen, you really got a lot of work to do. And two things come up for me. One is it made me wonder how do others really see me? How do others really see you? And how do people muster the strength and fortitude it takes to live into the best of themselves? So for the last 30 years, I've kind of been on this mission to figure this one out. Now, not that long ago, a friend of mine sent me a link for a TED talk uh, about this woman who has a great deal of fortitude, perseverance, and determination more than anyone I've ever read about or heard about or seen. I'm talking Herculean character. And my friend suggested her story made have some character building ideas for all of us. So I'm talking about this woman named Diana Nyad. Woman tells her story of her fourth attempt, mind you, her fourth attempt to swim from Cuba to the shores of Florida. It's 110 miles in open ocean. And since 1950, many of the world's greatest swimmers have tried and nobody has successfully done it, no man or woman. And there's an added catch to her story. She's in her sixth decade. She's 64 years old. Now, the best way to kind of explain her story is to do it as if I'm telling it from her perspective. So I wanted to share this with you because you really have to get a handle on her dogged character. So as the video starts out, she explains that she is about to get into the water off the coast of Cuba with her team. And her team leader is led by this woman named Bonnie, who's both her handler and her friend. She explains that Bonnie is like the only person who can summon the very last drop of will Diana has within herself for hours and days on the water. Her team also includes shark experts, a medical team, a navigation team, scientists, sports scientists, endurance experts, 30 support crew in total. Now, the conditions of this particular swim aren't just treacherous due to that 110 miles of open water, but also because the currents and wily eddies of the Gulf Stream are some of the most unpredictable on the entire planet. So she jokes at this point, and she says that journalists has after asked her on previous attempts, well, are you going out with any boats or any other people or anything? And she says, what are they imagining? That I just sort of do some celestial navigation with a carry a Boeing knife in my mouth and I'm swimming along and I like kill fish and I gut them and eat them raw. And then I have some desalination plant behind me. Yes, I have a team, she says. And they are expert, they are courageous, brimming with innovation and scientific discovery. So there she stands, like looking out over the ocean with the Cuban flag flying behind her and her team are in the boats in front of her. And her friend Bonnie, she says, came up to her and put her hands on her shoulder and she looks her square in the eye and she says, we're here for you, we're here for you. And then, Diana slips into the water and she starts this mantra that she's been working on for months and months, find a way, find a way. And the last thing that she hears before she goes under is Bonnie telling her, let's find a way to Florida. Diana says for the next 53 hours, that's insane when you think about that. 
She swam with no sleep or rest, eating while moving. Now, by the way, she is not allowed to touch any of the boats around her, nor is the team allowed to enter the water. Diana says, I'm not a religious person, but I tell you to be in the azure blue of the Gulf Stream, to feel the majesty of the planet we live on, it's awe-inspiring. She says, I have a playlist of about 85 songs and especially in the middle of the night because we use no lights because lights attract jellyfish, lights attract sharks, lights attract bait fish that attack sharks. We go in the pitch black of the night. You've never seen black like this. You can't see the front of your hand and the people on the boat just hear the slapping of my arms over and over again and they know where I am. And I'm out there kind of tripping out on my little playlist. I've got on tight rubber cap and I've got on goggles and I'm turning my head 50 times a minute and I am singing, imagine there's no heaven, do, 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 do. It's easy if you try, do, 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 do. And I can sing that song a thousand times in a row. And each time I get with, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I start again. Imagine there's no heaven. And when I get through the end of a thousand of John Lennon's Imagine I Have Swum, nine hours and 45 minutes exactly. Now, I want to stop in the telling of Diana's tale for a minute because at this point I like stop the video and I get up from the table and I go get a cup of coffee and then I go to Sports Center online and look up the coverage of this swim. Turns out Diana and I had burned about 30,000 calories doing this. Further, some argue that this swim is the most impressive endurance completion in human history. To give some perspective, 4,000 people have climbed Mount Everest, but only Nyad manages to complete the rigors of this swim. So here's the thing. If you go back to even those nine hours of singing, right? I, I don't, I'm pretty sure I can't even do something for nine hours, except maybe driving in a car. And then I got to have a big bag of Doritos and a side thing of Twizzlers and a huge cup of coffee. So to say, for me, it's an understatement to say I'm in awe of this woman's character. I mean, it's like off the charts. And I'm pretty sure if I had to test the measure of me, my metal, the lights and glamour of Broadway or the sidewalk curb at 42nd Street, the curb is in my future. I'm just saying. Back to the story. Diana says she swims and swims and swims. And now she's getting tired. She starts vomiting. Seawater intake is high. She's feeling ill. And at one point, Bonnie and her team hand her nutrition and ask, how are you doing? Are you all right? Now, there is a deal between Bonnie and Diana that uh, Bonnie's never allowed to tell her how far away they are. And uh, instead, Bonnie says, look out over there. And Diana looks out at the horizon line and she goes, oh, it's becoming morning. And Diana says, no, no, that's, that's the lights of Key West. Diana finishes 15 more hours after that sighting of Key West. And as she stangers up onto the beach, she says to the crowd three things. One, never give up. 
Second, you can chase your dreams at any age. You're never too old. And finally, that looks like the most solitary endeavor in the world. And in many ways, of course it is. And in other ways, in the most important ways, it's a team. It's a team. So the video ends. That is a crazy story. Am I right? You got to nod your head with me. I know I can see a few of you. Okay. Yes. One of those stories that kind of knocks you in the stomach and makes you think whatever I have in front of me, like whatever problem or divide or issue or fear or hunger, I could take like 5% of that woman's strength and dedication, bravery, courage, discipline. And I am pretty sure I would be able to accomplish a myriad of different things. But here's the thing, on first blush, this seems like a lonely Herculean effort. One woman against sharks and current jellyfish, a dark abyss, fatigue, hypothermia, storm, death. Seems she gets through this on sheer will or sheer discipline and courage. It's her saying, her mantra in her head, find a way, find a way, find a way, or Imagine all the people, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. On first blush, it seems this event happened because of her character, her superhero character. But then I did something. I printed out the transcript of the entire video and I circled in red how many times she referred to I in the video. And then I took out a green pen and I circled all the time she referred to we. In other words, anytime she referred to someone else like Bonnie or her team or the specialists, all her references to we. And I counted them up and you know what? She said I 51 times, that's a lot. But she said we, as in referencing others in this accomplishment and journey with her 54 times. She used we in the telling of this monumental feud of character more than I. And it was there with that transcript fresh in my hands, I decided to test out my theory. Maybe, just maybe, we is more important in the development of character than the I. There is this survey that you can find online. It's called the VIA survey, V-I-A. S-U-R-V-E-Y, the VIA survey. And I encourage you to take it after the sermon. Please don't take it right now. <laughs> the survey is on character strength. You answer like 120 questions and it spits back to you the 20 strengths that are most true to who you are, or at least to who you think you are. So I did this in my top 10, I'm gonna share with you. They were appreciation of beauty and excellence, creativity, humor, love, gratitude, generosity, curiosity, zest, kindness, love of learning, and social intelligence. But then I was talking to my husband, Scott, who's the creator of Soul Matters, who preached last weekend for all of you, and who uh, is kind of my partner in crime. And we wondered how close our answers on our character would compare to what other people might say our strengths are. What would they say or include about our character? So I asked my husband to take the test as if he were me, to answer the test with me in mind, knowing what he knows about me. 
And you know what? Scott picked nine out of the 10 I had for myself, except he had brave and I had humor. So in the end, he thinks I am braver than I think I am as it wasn't even on my list. And I think I am way funnier than he thinks I am, which I am way funnier than he thinks I am. Okay, then we did for Scott and here are his. Creativity, judgment, perspective, perseverance, prudence, leadership, teamwork, honesty, love of learning, social intelligence. Then I did the survey with him in mind and lo and behold, I like him got nine out of the 10 he picked. We were off with teamwork and love. In the end, he thinks he is better at teamwork than I think he is. <laughs> and I think he is actually loves people more than he thinks he does. But this exercise got me thinking, of course. Is it just your spouse or partner who could summon almost a mere response to your own? So I decided to widen the circle. I asked my mother, two friends, my sister, and two neighbors to fill out the survey with me and mine. And they all sent them back. They pretty much, I'm not kidding, fit to a T what I had, except they, like Scott, all had Brave in the top five. I didn't even have it on my list. It wasn't on my list. All of them. For some, it was the first character trait, Brave, strongest one. So here's the thing, how really could be that true, right? I know myself really well, I, I do, but I don't think of myself as brave and it made me realize perhaps I don't need to think of myself as brave as long as other people do. Maybe this salvation through character has more to do with who you surround yourself with rather than your own independent will. Maybe it's about binding ourselves to one another. It's about being able to fully live into our strengths, which happens best in the company of one another. Indeed, the roots for the word religion come from the Latin meaning to bind back together to reconnect. I love that thought in response to character. It is our work together to help one another achieve salvation through character. But perhaps more importantly, it is our job to tell those we are in community with what we see, especially when it is something they can't or don't see in themselves. We see power and magic, strength, perseverance, graciousness, generosity in one another. And when we point out that, we not only bless one another, we usher in transcendence. We allow one another to transcend the barriers to living into our best self that we consciously or unconsciously harbor willfully or not. And that friends is nothing short of a little miracle, at least as close as we get as Unitarian Universalists. This is the job of beloved community. It's our work together, our gift to each other. I know this to be true. In the end, when we describe what we accomplish or achieve, rarely do we see we are lone islands onto ourselves. Most often, when we're honest with ourselves, when we speak with humility, 
we know we're made larger and more true to ourselves only when we can sink into the great gift of character through we. For centuries now, as Unitarians, our mantra has been salvation through character. But in closing, I think there is a more apt word to use. Boyd Vardy describes it best. Boyd is a South African whose family for four generations have led safaris in the bush. And Boyd says that when he was a nine-year-old boy, President Mandela came to stay with his family. He had just been released from prison for 27 years of incarceration and was in a period of readjustment to his kind of sudden global icon status. Boyd said he would take Mandela breakfast in bed and then in his old tracksuit, he'd walk through the garden every morning. Boyd says Mandela often said that the gift of prison was the ability to go within and to think, to create in himself the things he most wanted for South Africa, peace, reconciliation, and harmony. And through this act of immense open-heartedness, he was able to become the embodiment of what they call in South Africa, Ubuntu. Ubuntu, I am because of you. Or another way of saying it is, people are not people without other people. Boyd comments, it is said that in the collective consciousness of Africa, we get to experience the deepest parts of our humanity through our interactions with each other. Friends, right here, right now, online, in the sanctuary, Ubuntu is at play here among us. And every time you gather, be reminded of Ubuntu. I am because of you. Salvation through character is still true as long as it shines a light on we more than I. Ubuntu, friends, I am because of you. May it be so. Amen. My daughter has a little piece to share with you right now. Oh, we're switching. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's great to be with everyone. Um, I'm gonna move a little bit so that I can see if I can find it. There's no
Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, now let us say the words to extinguish the chalice. And we do invite you to blow out your candle at home and then at the same time, we'll paste the words uh, in, the, in the Zoom chat. And again, we'll say them in unison, more or less. We extinguish. We extinguish the flame. Until we are together again. Whatever you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius and power and magic in it. May we ever be bold in our living and in our loving. Amen. <laughs>